the cool part about all this is I did just upgrade my computer, so I don't actually know where this is recording to, but hey, we're going to have a show. I believe I might might hopefully be able to do this. Welcome back to Talking Schmidt, and it's been a long time coming. There's been times, there's been, uh, we've done different things. I've had some interviews. I've done some different things to end kind of last year, and then we roll into the new year, and we're rolling into hopefully a new look for Talking Schmidt. We're going to combine some of the things that look good, some of the things that I like, some of the things that aren't just sports oriented. It is just called Talking Schmidt. It's not the fact that it is, uh, it doesn't have to always be about sports. Mainly it'll be sports questions. Uh, there's a lot that do go on in the sports world, but when things get a little tight there, uh, of course, in the NBA and NHL season, um, and there's like seven games that we're watching and all that good nonsense, uh, this seems to be a better formula. So without further ado, welcome back to Talking Schmidt. And um, if we kept seasons, this would be my attempt at season five is what I would say if we did that. But we don't do that. So that's OK. Uh, I am joined today by hopefully my panel of co-hosts that we'll have for this year, as I am joined by my brother, Cody, who we've heard on this show before and probably the happiest guy I know right now uh, on the planet because of some major news um, that I'll let him go ahead and say to start off the show. So, Jordan, go ahead. Saban retired. Yeah. So, Nick Saban has retired. That's how we're starting this off. Um, Jordan, I'll go ahead and let you start this off and talk about it. Uh, obviously, I know you're a Tennessee fan. Um, this is major news. Uh, I I actually had made some jokes. Uh, I, I told Cody I thought that it was possible that Nick Saban was uh, maybe on his way out. I had said something about that. Um, and, and then there were some things uh, I think that maybe he had said or or just other things of that nature that were kind of making me think like, man, maybe his time's kind of, I mean, obviously he was what in his seventies or whatever. So, I mean, he's oh, getting yeah. older. So, um, but first and foremost, just kind of your thoughts on it um, with him retiring. I mean, it's obviously at the end of an era. I mean, as a Tennessee fan, I obviously hate me. I think anything, you know, the best thing that came out of Alabama was my North. So, I mean, it's a great day for Tennessee football to be able to see that. I say that as a t stereotypical Tennessee fan because every year feels like 98 until October. Uh, but, I mean, I really think it was his demeanor all season. He seemed like it was more than a job. Finally, and he almost like he was enjoying himself. And I know there have been rumors that I've specifically heard from other people today that maybe he had to do something with Miss Terry's health as more of a pressing matter. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. So obviously, we hope all the, you know, all's well in that area. Uh, but strictly from a football standpoint, I think that this is probably on the level of the greatest coach of our generation is no longer there. Yeah, I, I agree. Movement. I agree completely. Um, it's going to open up a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, rumor mill. We're going to have to watch this a lot because somebody's going to get handed the keys to the Ferrari and you have to hope that they don't, you know, run it off the, run it out of the house um, on that one. Cody, uh, kind of same thing. Um, you were at the gym and I was trying to call you to tell you it was happening and you're like, what happened? I was like, Nick Saban retired and it was just kind of crazy news. Um, obviously neither, neither one of us were, you know, we don't, I mean, we're not fans of, you know, major sec schools, but you know, to kind of reiterate what Jordan said, I mean, this is, 
one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach to ever coach college football, who is saying uh, he's done. Well, you, to kind of not try to segue into what we'll address later on, he's going out on top and he's going out on his terms. And, you know, his, his mentor and someone that he was a protege for, you know, when he, they were at the Naval Academy together and then some of his first gigs in the NFL may not have that luxury in New England. It seems, you know, like with, with Bill, Bill might be being kind of pushed out, whereas Nick is going out clearly on top. He didn't out, well, outstay his welcome. And that doesn't happen often either because, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan, I kind of feel like the bear, wasn't he kind of – didn't they kind of push him out of Alabama back in the day, or did he was he able to go out kind of on his own terms too? I mean, it's kind of a different mindset from I guess when people say that football is different than the SEC, like it's not really a joke. Uh, it's almost like the basketball coaching carousel and culture of the ACC or you know the old Big East, where he, like expectations are you beat at Bama, your expectations are you beat Tennessee, you beat Auburn. And you beat Ole Miss, you win the SEC, you go play for a natty. Mm-hmm. That's it. If you don't do one of those things, your season's failed. Doesn't matter if you do the other four. If you don't do all five, it's over. And I know every SEC school kind of has the same kind of checklist, but like, right? I mean, I don't know, man. It's just kind of hard to wreck your mind around, just because. I don't think we'll see it again. I, I don't. I think this heat might be the last sustained success so I, I've, I've talked to folks before too i think with the way college football is going the, the atmosphere of it right now especially major college football you almost have to be a big promoter you know it's almost like you you have to be like don king or you have to be like a, a paul Heyman as a head coach and i i don't know if he was really interested in being that or doing that and i think he saw that that's where things were moving i think if you look at how like to your point like how mainstream the pop culture is with college football now with some of the big moves and some of the big cultural icons that have really engulfed themselves into college ball lately uh and not to you know hit the sore on with a hammer but like look at what colorado happened as soon as Dion showed up exactly now you got shador with the watch everybody in the nfl is doing the watch because they've got time like it's a whole – there's more of a spotlight, it seems like, on college football now because the money is on top of the table rather than under the table. So yeah, now- I, I agree with that. I, I think that's a big uh, big statement that we're seeing more um, – like you said, just more money rolling around there in general. I mean, it, it, you know, we're so used to um, kind of everything we're doing coming from what guys in the pros are doing. I, I agree with that a lot, Jordan, is that – you know, we're used to, you know, when when Dion was playing at obviously in the in the pros, you know, primetime was what everybody was really focused on. They weren't always focused on, you know, what what the college kids are doing. But now we're seeing so many college kids, I mean, who have such a huge platform now. And like you said, I mean, there's there's more people who have their eyes on those guys. And um, I think that, you know, I mean, obviously, it's not you know, kind of the topic that we're on, but I do think that's going to cause a lot more pressure on some guys who a lot earlier in their careers than before they get to the pros, if they make it to the pros, because now they're getting paid a lot more money to be 
a college athlete and have more pressure on them as well than what you would expect from, you know, the NFL guys who are used to it after a couple of years of being in the NFL, the real good ones are used to it, but these college players are not going to be used to that at all. I think it's going to like us in a new level of athlete. I say that kind of almost satirically, but I mean, think about it. These kids are asked to deal with rookie signing bonuses as a senior in high school. Yep. They have zero financial training. Some of them are in positions where they've never or will never see that number written out ever again type situation from lower income or just ignorant to the situation. You know, it's not that they're, you know, they're dumb. It's just anybody. I mean, giving me that kind of money at 18, I would have been a disaster. I can tell you that from like in hindsight. So I think that's going to usher in. I think we're going to get a lot less washouts, move on to the next level, because we're going to see a lot of, and I hate to say this, but earlier signs of those problems in college now, more so than we see it as rookies or second, third year players in the NFL playing with that real money. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, for some, hopefully helps them financially so they don't lose, like, you know, kind of get into that VY situation when they come to the pros. So that, that is something to, Kind of go back to Nick Saban here. I just wanted to make mention of this. Uh, in his career, 297, 71, and one final career record um, with stops in Toledo, Michigan State, LSU, Alabama. He won seven national titles. Of course, six of those coming as the head coach of the Crimson Tide. One came at LSU. At Alabama, 206 and 29, his overall record while he was there. Um, much to the chagrin of Jordan, a lot of those came on the third Saturday in October. Um, but during his time, um, this is a point that I wanted to make. And I, I think this might be where, you know, if you're Nick Saban, you're kind of looking at it. Nick Saban was born in 1951 freshmen this year were born freshman high school were born. Most of them in 2008 or 2009, that's a 58 year gap. So you got to think the guys that he would be recruiting right now, he has been, like he has children who are older than these kids have even been on this earth. Like, I mean, just like the, like the magnitude, like the difference between his age and the age of someone you're trying to recruit when you're 72 years old, these kids that are going to, that you're going to come in and speak to. I mean, you have kids older than their parents. You have probably grandkids who are the same age as these kids, parents, like these kids that are, you're going to, you know, that he would start having to recruit, which not saying that he couldn't do it, not saying that he wouldn't do it, but a lot of these older coaches, um, you know, you're, you walk into a room and, you know, I, I hate to say this and make this, this statement, cause it's definitely going to sound rude, but like, you know, that's good. You're going to look at Nick Saban as like grandpa. And I don't know if Nick Saban wants his players looking at him like grandpa. I mean, I, I, you know, I, coaching now for me, you know, I have kids who were literally born the year I graduated high school, and that's crazy to think of. And they look at me, and some of them are like, "Oh, well, you know, what what year did you graduate, Coach?" And they're like, "Oh, I was born in 2008." And I'm like, "I graduated in 2009." And they're like, "Oh, you might know my mom." And I'm like, "No, I should not know your mother." But there's a possibility some of those kids, you know, I do know their parents or whatever it is. So it's like. That's for some of them. I'm the same age, maybe as a parent or as, you know, an uncle, like, a you know, an older, you know, an older brother to, you know, someone, whatever there is, their parents. So like in the same concept, like I, I think that's something that we're going to see. I mean, a lot of these older coaches, 
you know, it all comes a time obviously when they need to, when they need to retire. But ultimately, like I could see him being like, I have nothing in common with these kids. You know, at this point, a lot of those kids are coming there because of the assistant coaches who are there that are recruiting them and playing, you know, ultimately for Coach Saban. I mean, that's obviously a thing that you would want to do if you're a recruit. But again, I mean, to think about that 58 year difference between freshman and high school and where Saban is. I mean, that that's that's a crazy, crazy like thing to like wrap your head around. I mean, look at it this way. Those same kids you're talking about have never seen, never knew a losing Alabama team. Yeah. In their existence. They've yeah. never seen Alabama pre-2007 Alabama. Yeah. Ever. So to your to play devil's advocate, to your point, when that walks into the room, I mean, that's big Nick energy swinging. You know what I mean? Like he just comes in and – he is winning. So if and I think that kind of plays into the level of athlete that we're trying to usher in, the game's evolving. Obviously, everything's going to become totally different, and everything is a right. It's a right now type of game. Nick obviously is the last of a dying breed. No pun intended, because he's old. But like at the same point, though, like I don't know if you're that. It takes a special type of athlete to recognize the Nick Saban route versus the right now route. Right. I think we're going to see that even out across the board. And I don't think we're going to have many Tim Tebow's where you have multiple Heisman's anymore. Yeah. I think we'll see a bunch of one time. And I hate to say this, like Michael Penix Jr. types where they will get into the right spot at the right time, succeed, hit the, hit the league. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can see that as well. I, I think, I think we're we're in for a whole, you know, new view of college football. Um, and obviously, I think this, you know, this is kind of the last big, um, I, I guess. I mean, definitely your last old ball coach. Like this is the last guy. This is one of the last guys that we can think of in college football who has been such a staple for a program. I mean, there's guys obviously that are, are huge for programs like your Dabo Sweeney's and guys like that, but like th that's, you know, not he this, it's not, not, it's not the same magnitude. breath of a Nick Saban. I mean, you were seeing, you know, we're seeing all the good stuff going on in Georgia and all that good stuff. But I mean, this is the last, like, this is the last ball coach. If we're going to say like, this is the last guy that is, you know, is football. Um, so I, I definitely think crazy to think, man, to, to think about his career, um, and, uh, just how awesome you mean, ultimately you, you, you hate him if you have to play against him. Um, but you know, what they always say is haters hate good stuff. And, uh, Nick Saban was definitely the, um, uh, to quote our, one of our favorite wrestlers to be the man, you got to beat the man. And there was nobody but Nick Saban who could literally say, I am the man. And he didn't do that. That's not who he was either. So um, I'll miss some of his fun press conferences when he just lays into people or, you know, asks about, you know, Coke product placement, um, things like that. But, you know, with all good things, Probably I mean, is. it was going to have to come to an end. And here we are. This will be a time to find shoes that fit, you know, like, yeah, he's ornery where he doesn't have shoes that fit. Yeah. Yeah, that is also true. Um, anybody you guys want to throw out? I mean, we can make our potential 
idea of who we think is going to replace him. Um, I like to just throw chaos out there, and I think his replacement is going to be Lane Kiffin. Bill Belichick, Braves is DC, Jocko Daniels, OC. Derek Henry <laughs> enters the transfer portal under some new eligibility <laughs> rule and gets his masters. We're bringing the Bama six, nine to six championship back under Star Sidious himself, Bill Belichick. Goodness gracious. Ushering in his new group of crony rule breakers, trying to develop a new way to break the rules so we can spread back to the NFL. Cody, you have anybody? I feel like that if you're an Alabama fan, you wish you would have done this sooner because I feel like that would help you get maybe some of the more marquee coaches. So I think it's kind of hard now to get a lane or get a Sarkeesian or get some of these guys to leave because they're already pretty entrenched in you know the programs they're with right now. So uh, honestly, I, I, I've always thought Lane would be the guy. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought that Lane would be that guy that would take him and take the position. And I don't know, Dabo's got that black eye. Maybe he made a deal with somebody to have Nick, have Nick retire so he could, you know, he could swing in there. Cause he, you know, I've heard Clemson fans that want Dabo to leave and want Dabo to be fired, which I thought was ridiculous. But that's what happens, I guess, when you only win nine games. I mean, that's, yeah. that's Bo Pelini at Nebraska. That's, you know, Mark Richt at Georgia. So, I think they'll, they'll probably bring someone in to kind of steady the ship and kind of be a stabilizing effect, but I don't think that guy will be a very long-term solution. It's going to be that kind of, you know, Stansel kind of in-between until they can bring in a, a bigger bigger name coach. But you know, it's going to be a, a high-profile destination for anybody. You know, who wouldn't want to have that opportunity to coach Alabama football? What's Ed Orgeron doing? Anybody know? That's true. I would love to. That, that I would love to see Ed go there. That, that'd be hilarious. I mean, all, honestly, if we had to really think about it, it's probably just going to be Bill O'Brien step up until they find their guy. True. Well, I mean, well, or until the contract yeah. runs out. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, that's not a terrible move if you want to keep the Bama tradition going until you find that product of son to come home. I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, Greg McElroy's contract's coming up soon, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You might might get a chance to get someone in. Um, former player, maybe that is finally kind of stepping back into what, it. Um, what are the Haslam's in Cleveland doing? I'm sure they got some hands and some Illuminati whatnot to get in there. Exactly. <laughs> they'll figure it out. They'll they'll find somebody to, like you said, Cody. I mean, you know, Dabo just randomly had a black eye. Um, speaking of cheating, Jordan mentioned uh, they'd find new coaches to cheat. Let's talk about the national champions, Michigan Wolverines. Too soon, too too rough for you guys there. Um, I love. You guys know I love Jim Harbaugh. I was happy Michigan won. Um, I I don't care that people were, oh, he's a sign stealer, whatever. Who cares? He did his time, 12 years of it at Azkaban. Uh, he missed a few games this year. So in, in my opinion, um, I didn't hate the national championship. It wasn't super exciting. Um, when Michigan went up 17-3, to I pretty much thought the route was on. Kudos for Washington. Michael Penix Jr. played um, absolutely battered, beaten, knocked around, holding his ribs, all that good jazz. Um, but again, Michigan ended up winning that game, national champions, uh, first outright national championship since forever. Um, it's been a long time uh, for them, long time coming for them. Um, 
obviously the road to get there. Michigan beat Alabama overtime game. Um, and then, of course, Washington beat Texas on that last possession. Great defensive stop by the DB from Washington. What did you guys' overall opinions of the college football playoffs? Did you like it? I mean, other than obviously I know Jordan, Tennessee wasn't in it. Um, and by the way, if you guys haven't seen the TikToks where the guy keeps asking where can the Kentucky Wildcats are, absolutely hilarious. Um, but regardless, what were the thoughts on the college football playoffs and the outcome over it all? I didn't even watch it. Uh, I was playing Baltimore's Gate 3, to be quite transparent. Uh, I did get – I was playing with our, our friend, and he was giving us – you know they were giving me score updates. Uh, I, just, I wanted a quarterback show out, just to be honest, because I think that was the opportunity for both quarterbacks to really improve their draft stock and put them in the conversation with the, with the Caleb Williams and the Drake Mays where they've kind of solidified their spots in the mock drafts. Um, I think that the playoffs as a whole are just the same argument, just a different year. Last year, everybody argued for Alabama to be in, and they were left out. This year, it was just Florida State. If anybody wants to be mad at anybody, I think everybody should leave, not just for the SEC parity, uh, Alabama alone, and really get on the NCAA. Ron DeSantis wants to file a lawsuit, file against the NCAA for not imposing stricter sanctions on Michigan for the whole Jim Harbaugh debacle and giving them postseason fans like they have done in every other rule-breaking situation except for this one. That's where I think that, you know, that argument needs to stand. But I think it was the two best teams this year overall. I will give it that. Cody, what about that? What did you think of the uh... – playoffs and just how it all kind of ended well i feel like this would have been a good year to have a 12 team playoff but the acc commissioner was one of those that kept that from happening so you know say a physician heal thyself you know you've created the debacle that you have for florida state and honestly i i've told you guys this before i mean i thought georgia was more deserving than texas I mean, I know Texas, we beat Alabama. But, yeah, you beat Alabama at the beginning of the year when they didn't even know who their quarterback was. Uh, they are still trying to figure it out. And you lost to an underperforming Oklahoma team that yes. would have been bounced from a 12-team playoff by Liberty. So I, I wasn't impressed by Texas. I didn't think they should be in there. I thought Georgia should have been in there. And, you know, I, I think that is a different game. I don't know how Washington matches up with Georgia. If that were the, the case, if you had that matchup, it, you know, could have been Michigan and Georgia in the national championship game. And, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, I don't think Georgia was as strong as they've been in previous years either, but I, I do think they're a little bit stronger than Texas. So that, that was just kind of my gripe with it. But overall, I mean, I, I think in the game itself, I kind of – Michigan played their game. They played it really well. That, that You know, the running backs, the, the ball control there in the beginning. And – uh Honestly, like the last several national championship games, they weren't as exciting as some of the, the play-in games to get there. So, you know, it was uh, not as bad as last year between Texas Christian and Georgia, but uh, it, I, I wasn't as excited. I was, I was more curious to see how Cody Rhodes continues his story and if he's able to continue the story. So I may have flipped the raw there. I mean, yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, is there a better storyline than our truth and judgment day? I don't think there is. And that it was better than Michigan or Washington at times. So I, I'll be honest with you. 
just saying, I'm all on that whoop that trick train right now, and I'm trying to figure out who jumped trick. Okay, that's what America needs to find oh, out. And, and honestly, what I need to catch up on last night's anyway. So, no spoilers. Don't, don't, don't spo- yeah, don't spoil who if we found out last. Night. No okay, spoilers. Just, and uh, thousand pound sisters. <laughs> If you think that's a joke, that's far from it. No, I, exactly what I, was I expect it 1 billion percent from you. Um, just know, Trick Williams, when you come to Clarksville, your biggest fan, Jordan McGuffey, will be cheering for you. Um, in Effin and trick, Macarena. He'll be there. Um, we will also be there. So, um, uh, again, I think we all kind of uh, agreed on it. I thought Georgia should have been in there. Um, I'm not going to lie. Number one team in the nation for multiple years. They lose one game, SEC championship. I just think that it would have been – um, as much as people were mad at the committee for not putting Florida State in, could you imagine the absolute, like, just cr- outcry if two SEC teams would have made it again this year, the final year of it? Um, I, I think we would have had a, a bigger outcry just because of that. But I think Georgia gave us everything we needed to know about Florida State in that 63-3 to butt kicking. And... For those of you who are big Florida State fans or Florida State fans who are going to argue and, and, you know, our best players weren't there, blah, blah, blah. That's why you didn't get put in the thing. Your best player wasn't there. And then your other players all elected not to play in their bowl game and got absolutely obliterated on national television. Um, I will say this much. I'm going to say this because I do wholeheartedly believe this. Okay, you have to do what's best for you. Right. Like that's one of those things. And the players who sat out in a lot of games, they sat out for draft stock, whatever it is. Florida State had players who sat out, okay, but they were trying to tell the world that they should have been in the playoffs, and then you sit out and you get absolutely obliterated, so that way you can say, woe is me, we, our guys didn't want to play. I'm going to tell you this much, and maybe it's because you know all three of us are in this conversation we didn't play college football, right? We all wanted to play college football, or we all, you know, whatever, our hearts, desires, whatever it is, okay? I couldn't. I, I we know a lot of guys who played college football, though. We know a lot of guys who were on the field. I don't think any of the guys that we know who played college football, if you were to tell them you got shafted out of playing in, like if we were to say, hey, you're going to get shafted out of playing in this game, but you have a chance to prove yourself against one of the best teams in the country for the past two years, the back to back, reigning, defending, undisputed, undefeated at, before Alabama got them, Georgia, and you had a chance to play against them and show what you could do. I don't understand how you can't get your team to rally and play that. Now, again, some of those guys worried about draft stock. I get it. Obviously, we know Caleb Williams didn't play in the direct TV holiday bowl. Um, There's guys who sat out, blah, blah, blah. We saw a lot of young quarterbacks getting that opportunity. But I can't wrap my mind around the fact of you guys like complaining that you didn't get put into this, this whole playoff situation. And then the game you get, which is the game right below the semifinal games, if you will, with the, the next biggest game, if you rank these games and your whole team just doesn't play and you get absolutely obliterated because every person now that said you didn't belong, you proved right. Am I wrong for this take? Am I wrong for believing this? Do you guys agree with me? Whoever wants to take it, go with it. No, I mean, I, I think that's part of it. I think also, too, Georgia had a lot of players sit out. And so when you look at Florida State, you look at the, the depth of the ACC champions, it's not that impressive. 
And that's a major fall off between what a second or third string guy at Georgia is compared to what a second or third string guy at Florida State is. And that should be what's really scaring them. If, you know, if I'm Norvell, I'm looking at it, oof, this does not look good. We're not developing players like they're developing players. And we are wanting to be in the same conference as them. I mean, I almost – I get why Florida and South Carolina don't want them to join in there. But also at the same time, I don't know if Florida State could hang in there. I don't think you want to be in that conference right now uh, because you are not able to – there's obviously a major fall off. And I think we saw that a lot in the bowl games in general. I mean, look at Missouri and Ohio State. I mean, that's the Ohio State University. And, you know, yeah, sure, they had guys that didn't play either. But Missouri kind of warmed down. They rope-a-doped them and ran away with it. You know, that just that, – that was my takeaway from it is that Florida State, for everything they talked about, for we deserve to be in this picture, we deserve to be in this discussion. But do you? I mean, you're only as good as your weakest player. You're only as strong as the weakest link. And I just don't know if, you know, if that is what you have coming up, then, I mean, I'm not that impressed by him. It's like the disrespect of the game, man. Because at any point in time, if you ask any given athlete who left the sport on a bad note, meaning whatever they want to call it on a bad note, in this case, the People leaving Florida State. If you're leaving on a bad note, you got shafted. Straight up. I'll admit, by all given right of the everything I looked up as far as the voting committee goes, they checked the box, except for the depth part of it. If you deserve to be there, why did you not take that bowl game as an underclassman, as a revenge game? If you're coming back to Florida State and you set out, you had at that point, I would have a team meeting, man. It, it's it's hard to get as a put myself in their shoes. It'd be hard for me to come as an underclassman in that going in that ball game. Anybody coming back, you sat that out. It'd be really hard for me to look at them as any sort of a leader at that point. Yeah. So I think that causes immediate dissension in the locker room. I think that it's going to increase your transfers. And I think Florida State's that may have been what broke the upward trend, man. No, I agree. Prime to Florida State. I, I agree. I, I like I said, and I agree with you, Jordan. I do think when you look at it, they were thirteen and zero. Did they deserve to be in there? I would say yeah. But we've put Georgia on a pedestal for two years, and any team that beat Georgia, like Alabama and SEC championship, was going to make it to the playoffs. That was just going to happen because Georgia has been the best team for multiple seasons now. They have been the number one team. For a reason, I like we said. I think Georgia still should have been in there. I mean, and honestly, you know, for everybody that's arguing about Florida State, I mean, their marquee win. They beat LSU to start the season again. We kind of said the same thing with Texas and Alabama. You beat a, a Texas team, or you beat an Alabama team who hadn't really figured out who they were yet. Played their best football late. Um, you only beat Boston College by two points, mind you, at Boston College, thirty-one twenty-nine. Uh, Clemson took you to overtime. Um, you blew out Syracuse. That's great. You you did beat a ranked Duke team. Um, you you beat Miami by a touchdown. And this isn't you know this isn't um, a good Miami program that we're used to. If you remember back to the Miami. North, yeah. If you remember back to the North Alabama game, North yeah. Alabama played a great first half against Florida State. And obviously, that was the game that 
um, injured uh, their quarterback. Uh, you beat Florida 24-15. You barely, you barely beat Louisville in the ACC championship 16-6. And we saw Louisville got beat by a kid who had not even played a game yet at USC in, a, in the bowl game. So I think ultimately when you look at it and we look back at this, like people might be still thinking like, uh, Florida State deserved to be there. I think we learned and we, this playoffs proved the four – Four of the best teams. The only person I really think that had an argument would be Georgia, that they should have been in there. Um, I think it's the only team that probably should have been in there, and they probably should have dropped from Also, you've been one all year, and then you you just drop magically to six. I think it was disservice to – I think Georgia was more pissed off that they were behind Florida State, who was 13-0 and going into that bowl game. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think for Florida state fans who are complaining, just be happy at 13 and zero. And if you want to make uh, well, I guess 13 and one, but if you want to make a shirt that said you were 13 and zero regular season champs, by all means, guys do it, love it, do your thing. Um, but you know, uh, no one will keep your national championship credit. Like we do UCF. I, well, exactly. That's what I was about to say. Like they can do that. Actually, they can just go get the leftover UCF shirts because, and just change the FSU on there for yeah. the year. Because it's already been done. This argument's already been had, and we know how it's going to turn out. Have fun, Ron DeSantis. I'm just glad you're not running for president. <laughs> there you go. Um, ultimately, the only thing that I will say, the greatest thing that we got from this was um, Pop-Tart, the mascot, from all the bowl games. So yeah. my question is, was it a mascot or w- are we just being desensitized to the fact of like ritualistic cannibalism in like th- a celebratory fashion? You think he's a real person it, that ended up getting cooked in the toaster? There was someone who went in, pop tart came out. And we never saw anybody come out other than out of the little shoot where the pop tart came out eaten. that Kansas State devoured. But honestly, though, it's Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have been lost. I've driven Kansas. on some back roads in Kansas. That is true. And, at night, and I'm a little freaked out. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I've I used to tell I used I think I used to call Cody sometimes. I'd be coming back in Kansas, and I'd be like, "Remember uh, how much I hate the movie Jeepers Creepers?" Uh, that's where I'm at in Kansas right now. So uh, yeah, no, I could see that. So um, they still have a lot of nice things in Kansas either. So. Um, no, but there's a, um, I met the guy who they based Mater off of. Um, that's a story. Mater. Yeah. And I can't, uh, I can't tell that story while we're here. Um, it'll have to be when we're not recording. I got a, I got a thought for you. Hear me out. Speaking of cannibals, Mater in cars is a cannibalistic grave digger. That's his profession. In Muscle Springs. Because, hear me out, what kind of shop does he run? Is it a toe shop? Toe shop? Is that the answer? Yeah. Or like, full of uh, what? Full of what? Cars that don't work. Bodies, technically. And random parts. And random parts, yeah. So he, he actually pulls them apart, too. Well, Larry the Cable Guy, where have you been at? That's the answer. That's what we need to know. Where's Larry the Cable Guy been at? Just saying, I just ruined the whole show. Well, the guy that played, uh, or the guy that they based it off of, by the way, he could actually bend his legs behind him. That's where he like when he drives in reverse. Um, but other than that, he was, he was a he was a, a, a human being. 
Um, it was. We need to sign an NDA for this story because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> just, I won't be able to tell you with the recording on because he, uh, he was a different, different breed of animal. Um, but anyway, uh, he was not a car; he was a human pig. Guys, let's jump in, talk a little NFL playoffs here. Um, we have uh, Wild Card Weekend. Um, as we said, and as a lot of people have been saying, there is a lot of great storylines. The script was really good this year. This is Hollywood-esque. Um, we have Joe Flacco playing um, at age 95 at quarterback, um, doing falling asleep on the sidelines, winning games, propelling the Browns to a playoff appearance. We have Tyreek Hill's return to Kansas City and Arrowhead. We get that this year. Um, we will get uh, we'll get uh, Green Bay versus Dallas, which is great because Mike McCarthy is a head coach of Dallas. Let's see if he just tries to run the ball um, and lose a chance to go to the divisional, um, like he much did lose a chance to go to the Super Bowl by just running Eddie Lacy over and over again. Um, we We're get Matt Stafford. I'm not. I'm not angry at something that happened in 2013. Um, the Rams. Uh, we get Matt Stafford's return uh, to the Lions and, and to Detroit. The prodigal son will return in Detroit. So we have a lot of great storylines. Um, first and foremost, out of those storylines, any one of those that you are particularly excited to watch for any game that you guys are fired up to watch for first. I think we all know what my answer is, but. Um, Cody, we'll start with you. Any game that's sticking out to you that you think, hey, this is a really good game that on tap for this weekend that I'm fired up to watch? I would love to see the Cowboys lose. I mean, that's just always the, that that makes I think that makes America happy. Uh, just to see them get bounced in the first round would be hilarious. Um, just the, the tears that they would cry, but. I, I, I really am into the Flacco story. I think it ha if the 49ers weren't in the playoffs, I think I would really be rooting for Flacco and the Browns. I, I just I think it's good to see him get that opportunity, get that chance after everyone kind of tossed him away. And this is a guy who won a Super Bowl. So still a little bit bitter about that myself. But, uh, I mean, you know, you know, there for a while, Flacco was like the man. And – you know, he's going back out there just slinging it, having a good time, enjoying himself. And, uh, you know, the Browns being a cornerstone, keystone, you know, franchise in this league to actually have the opportunity to, you know, maybe make a serious run. And I'm also really rooting for him because I, I want him to beat the Ravens because the Ravens terrify me. Guff, you got a, got a game that you're fired up to – See, I know obviously, you know, I mean, Tennessee will not be here this year. Um, we'll get a chance to talk about the Titans here soon. Um, but any game that's stick <laughs> sticking out to you on the schedule for this weekend? Um, if I can find time in my busy schedule of sending strongly worded emails of candidates that I believe could fill the position adequately to Miss Strunk herself via uh, email addresses that I may or may not have had to pay to acquire. Um, I will probably try to tune in to the Dolphins game because mm -hmm. one, Mike McDaniel and I may be relatively similar ages. True. But I look up to him as like an idol at this point. Uh, I think his leadership skills are exactly what we talked about in the college football world showing up in the NFL years beyond their time or before their time. Mm -hmm. I think that he is going to 
usher in a new standard of leadership to the NFL that is drastically needed. Uh, it's not so much an old, it's not so much the old school anymore. There's a different mindset to it. Uh, and because Tyreek Hill gets to go back to Arrowhead after he tried out his new shoes last week, found out he's super fast. So fast he started a fire in his house, bum ankle and all. And then, uh, and the weather is going to be drastically different. Yeah. In Miami. It's going to be in the tent, in the tens, they said at max at kickoff. Um, I just want to, and it'll be fun to see if Travis Kelsey's in his redemption era. You know what I mean? Uh, has he moved over from red or is he just in his redemption era? Or, or his lover phase? Is he in his lover I mean, he, era? And we know that. I mean, that's the only two albums that I know of the queen herself. And I know that. Do, was mean, do you want me to keep going? I, I buy all them. That's, this is, this is how much. No, 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 Taylor I just want to be, I just know just enough to make Callie proud of me. She's and bad. at that point I've set the standard and she just knows how high I can go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I actually, this is, this is a true story. I have bought so many of like Taylor Swift vinyls, things like that. Um, that, uh, I actually was one of the people who was like chosen to get first dibs on tickets when she came to Nashville. I had that ability. I didn't, I didn't take it though. You know, I'm a good guy. I knew I wasn't going to go. And, you know, I also didn't want to have to sell a kidney to get there. Um, so yeah, I, I had, uh, I had gotten an email and it was like, Hey, you are a number one Swifty. And I was like, little do you know, I just, this is easy gifts because she always releases an album around Callie's birthday. So it's really easy for me to just get a bunch of Taylor Swift stuff. So yeah. Um, I was actually at, I was in Nashville during that concert, but I was at a drastically different, uh, scene and scenario. I was watching Whiskey Myers at uh, the amphitheater. Hanging out with a new friend that I made named Mullet John. And I, I got to it... teach Mullet John about a few of Tennessee's more uh, legal loopholes, might we say, of how to uh, hang out in public. Gotcha. Mullet John doesn't sound like a guy who would be going to the Taylor Swift concert, to be honest with you. He actually turned out to be a Whiskey Myers like roadie, man. This is like the third one he's been on in a row. Also, it sounded like it was like the third or fourth day in a row he'd been awake at the same time. But, I mean, the lines could have been blurred. No Robin Thicke. Hey, man, but. That's okay. That's okay. You got to do what you got to do. What you gotta do. So, uh, let's talk a little bit here. I'm going to have predictions made. Um, I'm trying to do some more fun stuff with, obviously, um, with this year. So, I want to um, maybe make some graphics when we make our picks. Um uh, and just have uh, some stuff that's going to go out on, on the socials to help promote the show a little bit. I think that's a good thing to do as well. Um, you know, maybe people will listen to this and hate us. We don't know. Um, that's how life works uh, these days and age. But when people hate you, um, as long as you're not obviously canceled at the end of it and they just hate you, there's a good possibility you get some sort of revenue out of it. So with that being said, we're going to make our predictions for the first round of playoffs here, starting with the first game, Browns at Texans. Um, Cody, I just magically wrote your initial first, um, so you're going to make the predictions first, I guess, or however this is, I might snake through there on it. We'll see. Uh, so start Browns-Texans. Um, are you Obviously, I know you talked about uh, Flacco and, and wanting to see him win. Are you taking him over Houston in this first round? I mean, I 
I don't want to, you know, take away from Demeco Ryan's what he's been able to do. I mean, it's just that turnaround and also trying to invest in winning, you know, getting the draft picks, getting the players, giving them the ability to have a fighting chance. But I'm going with Flacco and the Browns. Okay, Jordan, you got a you got a pick for Cleveland, Houston. It would only make sense that the oldest member of the panel picks the oldest team by proxy. I am going to go the complete opposite, and as the youngest member of the panel, pick the youngest team by proxy. And I think that the AFC champions, uh, Houston Texans, will win. I think they'll win in a way that will. It, it may not be like a. 14, 17 point win. I think it's going to be closer to that nine to 10, like nine to 10 point win. Uh, but it's going to be enough to solidify the fact that CJ Stroud is that guy. Yeah. Uh, and I like, I, you know, again, I, like Cody said, I mean, um, you really like the story of, of Flacco. Uh, you know, there was always the argument if this guy's a lead or not. And we remember that for a while. And, and I thought Joe Flacco, I mean, Super Bowl champion has done fantastic. Um, but again, I, I think that I think that there's a really good group of young quarterbacks that we've seen this year um, and over the past few seasons have kind of emerged. Uh, I think CJ Stroud is going to cement himself and I think this first um, the way he's going to do is his first victory in, in the playoffs as well. So I'm going to go Houston in this game as well. Um, I like CJ Stroud. I didn't think I would. Um, Watching him, obviously, at Ohio State, I, I thought, well, it might just be another Ohio State quarterback. He's proven me wrong. Um, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with Houston as well in this one because I think uh, I, I think he's going to have a really good game. And I think Houston's playing some really good ball. And they and they um, I think a lot of times with these younger teams, they are just like, yeah, bet against us kind of deal. So I'm going to go Houston there. Cody, back to you. Dolphins at Chiefs. As Guffy said, it's supposed to be very cold. I just saw a graphic that said they're saying like it might be literally zero at time of kickoff. Um, and they're literally putting Kansas City like in an emergency watch for this game. Um, so will Mike McDaniels have to wear longer pants because we know he likes to let his ankles show? We've seen that. He likes to wear little um, those little pants that don't cover the full ankle. He's going to have to do it. It's a little cold there. Um, how do you think this one fares out? Dolphins, Chiefs. Well, uh, not the most ideal situations from a, for a team from South Florida to have to travel to a to a virtual tundra. And of course, we, we've been to Arrowhead Stadium in the playoffs, and it is really cold there. And this is going to be colder than it was when we were there. Um, however, I feel like Kansas City. There's just a lot of there's a lot of acrimony. And you know, I kind of when you get these colder situations, and yeah, I feel you got to lean on your running game. You know, Pacheco, solid guy, my fantasy team, but uh, I, I just feel like Miami might have a little bit more of that that, that punch in that running game, and I think maybe they could surprise us and maybe go up there and upset old Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs on the coldest day potentially in playoff history. All right, Guff. Uh... For you as well, the return of Tyree Kill at Arrowhead. Obviously, he's going to get a grand, uh, grand reaction from all those crazies that'll come out there and support him in the very cold weather. Uh, your prediction, sir? I mean, it is Tyreek's homecoming. Uh, he'll finally be able to see, you know, 
no shame, but he'll finally be able to go see a couple of his baby mamas while he's in town. I'm sure. Uh, Cody did mention that, you know, the weather's going to play a massive part in this. Uh, well, what I've seen with the Dolphins, it seems like whenever Tua can get into his zone, they're almost unbeatable. Uh, however, it's almost the, the scheme to beat them is can you get Tua or Tua off his off his kind of balance beam? Uh, I think the game's going to really depend on that uh, because the Chiefs receivers have proven that they can't catch the ball. Uh, and I think this is going to be a lot. I think the spotlight's getting real hot for Travis Kelsey right now and Patrick Mahomes by proxy. I'm going to say that the Dolphins have an upset. Uh, all that being said, the only reason I'm saying that is just because I watched the last night's Hard Knocks episode before this, and I'm all in on Mike McDaniels, too. So that was a long-winded explanation just to justify the point I made about an hour ago. Well, I was, uh, I was at Arrowhead um, when the snow came down and fans were throwing snowballs, and they had to tell them to stop throwing snowballs. That was pretty fun to watch. Um, Arrowhead will be rocking no matter if it's negative temperatures, um, whatever it is, it'll be, they'll be fired up there at Arrowhead. Um, I think that'll play a big factor into this game. A lot of question marks, right? A lot of question marks on Kansas City. Um, you mentioned it. I mean, Patrick Mahomes hasn't been playing the best football. A lot of the receivers have been dropping the ball. Um, I, I think more than anything, what's made me smile is uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We've proved that it was not Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, whatever. Um, uh, Kelsey hasn't been playing his best football. There's no doubt about it. Um, I don't know maybe if, uh, you know, it's uh, he needs to be playing at midnight or whatever, you know. That's another Taylor Swift reference for you there, uh, Guffy. Um, it hasn't been great, right? And the defense, um, I think the defense has stepped up at times. But my thing is this. There's always question marks about Kansas City. Even last year, you know, this is a team that won the Super Bowl. And I think the same conversation we had, them going into the playoffs, was oh, maybe they don't have that magic. Maybe they don't have that magic. Maybe they don't have this. They don't have that. They had all the magic in the world because they won a coin toss that got them to the Super Bowl, and they ended up winning, you know. Um, and little brothers everywhere got a victory in the Super Bowl when Travis beat Jason. Um, so I look at this game, and yeah, Miami has a lot going for him. I don't think two is going to be able to do what he thinks he's going to be able to do. I don't think he's going to be able to throw the ball in the cold. Um, I think he is going to be absolutely flustered, and I'm going to take Kansas City because if there's one thing I can count on, it's going to be that Patrick Mahomes will find a way to win in this situation. Do I think it carries on? No idea, um, but I'm not going to bet against Kansas City or, or Patrick Mahomes because I do think that he still has some magic left. We can uh, can Tua catch his own touchdown pass? Mahomes Mark's might be able to. Marcus yeah, Mariota did it against Kansas City in the Arrowhead for a touchdown. We watched it. We watched Mariota do it. Absolutely. We were there live when Marcus Mariota did it. So, um, I don't know. Maybe Mahomes watched that film and he's just put it on replay just in case he has to catch his own pass. Um, but again, I don't know. Real I think Travis Kelsey will have a great game. I think he'll get out of his funk. Um, and I think Kansas City will come out fired up there. Or at least Big Red will have some trick plays built in. Who do you think Tua called probably a few a few minutes ago? Marcus Mariota or Nick Saban? Nick. Yeah. I mean, it, this is the perfect time for Nick to give Tua a call and get him back in the, the Bama mindset, man. Mm-hmm. He's played in games like this before, specifically a national title game where he uh, was 
named starter over one Jalen Hurts. This is true. This is true. I just, I, like I said, I just, I'm going to take Kansas City in this because I don't think, yeah, they've had some struggles. There's been some weirdo games, whatever it is, but um, I do like their rushing attack featuring Isaiah Pacheco. I think Mahomes will find a way. Um, I think guys will get on page because it's playoff time for them. And playoff time, Kansas City is just, has been a completely different animal over the past few years. Uh, next game, starting off Sunday, Steelers at the Bills. The Steelers, lucky to be here. Exciting for them. Exciting time. Congratulations. And we have to say this, and I say this a lot during the way I do these podcasts, but congratulations to Mike Tomlin for never having a losing freaking season. The dude is an absolute stud. He deserves a gold jacket the moment he gets done in the league and he says he's done. Just put the damn jacket on him. The guy's never had a losing season. If he called it quits after this year, he would still probably have the best winning percentage, I feel, of like any coach ever. Um but he's got his team back in, not a, a very tall task up a hand um, because of it being the Bills and Josh Allen, who are coming off a big victory. Still not super impressed by the Bills, but Cody, start us off. Steelers at Bills, who are you taking in this contest? Has there been a decade where the Steelers haven't been relevant? I mean, I really, for as good as the, the Patriots have been the last 20 years, I, I would almost argue that the Steelers could be one of the best managed franchises in like sports history, not just necessarily in the NFL's history. Cause they've just, I can't think of a time in any time in the NFL where they haven't been a threat to be relevant and make a run. However, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not, I mean, Mason Rudolph has looked okay. I mean, I, I think that like, kind of like to your point, they've barely squeaked by to get in here. And I, I really, Buffalo can have some stinkers, but Buffalo, I think, could you know, will be able to you know get past here and continue on and make it make a run. Guff, who you got there? My personal feelings first, and I'm actually getting to the logical thought process I put behind this, so because this is one of the few games that I've actually thought about. Uh, personal feelings are there's a group of uh, Pittsburgh fans that frequent the same watering hole that I like to frequent. Uh, when I'm not uh, attending Tennessee Titans games. Uh, they are very loud, very obnoxious, and they don't tip very well. They take up a lot of space, and if I have to hear them chant about hitting someone in the head with their, like, stroganoff or stromboni or whatever it is, what Zamboni, whatever assault that they want to commit, uh, just because, I, I don't know, um, I'm picking against them based on that. Uh, the logical standpoint behind that is, which, I mean, Pittsburgh finally did it. They proved everybody wrong. They made the playoffs when everybody thought they were down and out. They can hang up their cleats. I'm going to take the easy point. The Bills are going to wipe the floor. I truly believe that uh, you could, honestly, Stephon Diggs can probably take his hands off at halftime. If we're being honest, uh, I think this is a glorified bye week for the Bills. Uh, just because the Pittsburgh just cannot build the team that's going to match up with mm -hmm. the Bill starters at this point. Uh, yeah. With all the injuries and yeah, uh, all that being said. And, and again, I, I still think even with Kenny Pickett, it doesn't really matter. Um, I still think that they are a franchise quarterback away from being a team that we would be definitely saying, oh, this is a game to watch this week. Um, they're, they're definitely away with that. Mason Rudolph doesn't have it in them. I mean, 
I mean, Pittsburgh at one point was starting Mitch Trubisky this year, and we saw how well that worked for Chicago um, when they drafted him. Um, so, I mean, it just, you know, it, it's – it, And, you know, could have got Mahomes. That they traded up for. Yeah, could have got Mahomes. Uh, that would have made my life absolutely miserable. Was, but Sorry, I believe it was the third pick, not the tenth. Yeah, um, but they did trade up to get Mitchell Trubisky. I am taking Buffalo. I, I, I mean, even – I mean, unless unless Buffalo is just not wanting to play a football game on Sunday, like they just like quit playing football in Buffalo and they're just like, no, we'd rather go to Niagara Falls or whatever as a team bonding trip. That's the only way Pittsburgh wins is that Buffalo just doesn't field a team. Um, I mean, they may come out and, and give a little bit of shock and awe. They do have some pretty talented guys on defense there in Pittsburgh, but uh, I think once Buffalo gets running, um, it'll make it uh, make it all kind of work out for them. Uh, also, Guff, if you need another reason to pick Buffalo, um, the guy who sneakily beat you in our fantasy football league is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So, Oh, I think we made we made terms. Uh, honestly, with that being said, he all he deserved to win. Uh, I logged in for two consecutive weeks. Uh, those were the only two weeks that I had logged in. There were ten games where I played without a full team. Yeah. Uh, I somehow drafted a sexual offender. Like I mean, there's so many things that was mismatched with this team by the computer. Yeah. However, I will say I did beat Preston three times <laughs> with an auto drafted team. That had empty spots, <laughs> not just true. healthy scratches. I'm talking like straight up injured or yeah. on by. Yeah, you did. Your kicker was on injured reserve for the remainder of the season, and somehow you played in the championship. At one point, I started Justin Fields while he was injured. Yeah, and still beat Preston. You did. You did. It was crazy. It was. It was actually quite entertaining to watch throughout the year of just uh, scored 130 points with four total players. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? This is what happens when we have an extended playoff. That's true. Okay. It's true. So NCAA pay attention. We could have some upsets. Jordan was the Liberty of, (laughs) of I was for a national title, baby. I was the Florida state. What could have been? Oh man! Well, that we'll we'll never do ten weeks or ten team playoff uh, unless we do it. Never championship in week eighteen ever again either. Please. Yeah, that, that was that so was rough. Good. That was rough. We've never done that. Was, I've always been really good about it. This was well, the first year that I. This is also had the it. first year for week eighteen. So. Well, yeah, but I've always done the. Uh, we've never done the ten team. We did. We moved to six, and what's crazy is the. And we've mentioned this was when we moved to six the first time. You won the championship, and we moved to ten for the first time ever. And I thought it was going to happen again because you're playing for it. Um, how unfortunately for all of us though, Trey won. Um, he has asked me for you to change your team name because you did not beat him, and he says you. Oh, I've changed. Oh no, we've already talked. Okay, you should good. go in and look at the team. Okay, I'll have to. He's go already it. seen the team name change. Okay. He's I'll already made look. comments. We've discussed this. We have now agreed that it's now us against everyone else. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we decided to come out forces at this point. So when uh, Trey listens to this, he understands. Like, that is, that that's trade, insufferable. I'm all for it now. That's insufferable. Oh, You're gonna make, terrible. You guys are going to make trades on draft day? That's what's going to happen? I'm talking like <laughs> for life, dog. Oh, this is going to be insufferable. All right. So next game uh, on Sunday – Green Bay Packers will travel down to Dallas. Um, if you're a Dallas fan, probably one of the worst teams that you want to see 
coming to town uh, in the past few years that you've had um, last few playoff meetings between these two teams have always resulted in some, uh, some discrepancies, um, some balls that were dropped to touch the turf um, and weren't caught uh, things of that nature. Um, so Cody, we'll start off green Bay at Dallas. Who you got? I mean, I, I can't pick the Cowboys. So Packers, obviously, uh, I will say this about Dallas. I do think that the, they kind of have a, a better identity, a better idea of who they are now than maybe they were earlier in the year. Uh, they, they kind of had that lull where they struggled a little bit, but, yeah, and that's, I, I want them to lose. I want them to lose a lot. And that's saying a lot because it's the Packers playing them. So, you know, that's like two of my hated franchises. But I'll just hate the Cowboys a little bit more. And, uh, by the way, Cowboys fans, uh, today is the anniversary of the catch. The greatest plays of all time. R.I.P. Dwight Clark. All right. Jordan, you got uh, uh, your guy Jordan Love taking on – Dak Prescott and company in Dallas in Jerry World. I think it's going to be a very interesting game. Um, just because of the firepower that we have seen with Dallas and the firepower that or the, I guess, let me rephrase that, the firepower we've seen in Green Bay and then the fireworks on display in Dallas uh, week in, week out. So I do believe that if Jordan Love comes in and plays the game that he is capable of playing and that Shumley is capable of playing, I think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, the key on that is how is Jerry Alexander going to handle the spotlight of his recent debacle and cover C.D. Lamb at the same time? I mean, um, just in all reality. He said he said he was going to do better. Don't worry. So he is he going to be a captain this week? Did he get voted? Um, I don't think he got voted, uh, but he, he yeah. said he is told he the media. on the field during the coin toss? Um, I don't think he's allowed near anything other than just his position, but, uh, he did tell the media that, uh, you know, he wasn't told to tone things down. He was just, you know, told to do things a certain way. And he said he would, he would try to do that. So here you go. I hope he's been watching a lot of film to cover CD lamb, um, because he's going to need it. I think CD lamb is probably the best receiver that no one truly wants to admit, uh, over, Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson over Cup. I think that CeeDee Lamb, since he's been in the league, has been one of the most underrated elite receivers. I say underrated because he's one of the best young ones, best receivers, period. Um, as much as my heart wants to say Green Bay, I think I, I have to be that guy, and I believe that Dallas is going to pull out this win. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a great case, right? I mean, this is this is the number two seed, right? They they didn't just walk into the number two seed; they earned the number two seed. Um, I think a lot of people looked at the game where they got absolutely manhandled by San Francisco, and they're like, oh, is this team going to be great?" They lost to Philly once, and then they came back in that second half of the season. They have been absolutely electric, um, but so has Green Bay. I think uh, I think Jordan Love has come into his own. Um, I think that it, it took them a while to get there. There's some ugly losses for Green Bay this year. I mean, they lost to the Falcons. I mean, Arthur Smith's not even a coach anymore. That guy got mad because he couldn't stop somebody from scoring a touchdown after his guy threw a pick on the one-yard line. And just because they lined up in victory formation and, and you know, whatever, and biting 
biting those W's, whatever. Um, Which, he, for the record, for the record, was never the coach's fault. Uh, Jameis yeah. Winston has gone on the interview saying that it was a team decision to make yeah. that happen. Yeah. That everyone on the team made this decision. So, who's lying? Is Jameis Winston lying? Does the coach just want to pass this humble moment off on the team and say, hey, I had nothing to do with this? It was all their good graces. Because it's not his job to not score the touchdown. Arthur Smith, stick to – please use your top three draft picks and you'll never even have to worry about this. Honestly, if you want to be realistic with you, um, this has made Arthur Smith relevant, was that he was angry about them. So there you go. We're still we have a chance to talk about Falcons and Saints, and neither one of them will be playing the rest of the season. So congratulations. Uh you got angry. Um, but again, Jameis Winston, great call. Great call to get Jamal Williams, former Green Bay Packer. I love Jamal Williams. He is hilarious. Um, he's a gamer. He is like a straight, straight up nerd, doesn't care about it. He'll straight up tell you that he watches uh anime and plays Pokemon. That's who he is. So whatever. Suck it, Arthur Smith. Um with that being said, I like Jordan Love. Obviously, um, I've been obvious when he got drafted, dude. I'll be honest with you, I didn't, uh, I didn't think it was a great pick. But Cody can tell you when Aaron Rodgers got drafted, I said this isn't a great pick. I've been wrong before about uh, Packers quarterbacks. Um, I loved Brett Favre. Um, I'm a, I, I really Aaron Rodgers grew on me. Um, I've given Jordan Love a chance ever since we drafted him. I thought let's keep getting him opportunity. And we watched him last year against Philly, and we were like, mm, maybe this guy has something. Um, even when he played against Kansas City, he thought he did really well. Um, he's got some great weapons, man. This is the first time I've seen Packers receiving core when they're healthy actually be able to generate space with not just one guy named Devontae Adams doing it. I like their, I like the tight ends that he has to throw to. Aaron Jones is healthy. Um, the defensive line, that defensive front is very underrated. I think guys aren't talking about um, Van Ness and Clark and Wyatt and those guys who are out there. I think obviously the secondary is going to struggle. You're going up against Brandon Cooks. You're going up against CeeDee Lamb. You're going up against Michael Gallup. There's a lot of guys that catch ball. Jake Ferguson is included in that. There's a lot of guys that are going to do it. You guys obviously know I'm not picking Dallas. It's just not going to happen. I'll never pick against my favorite team. It'll never, ever happen. But I'm going to say this much. Green Bay is going to beat Dallas. And this isn't me just being a fan. They're going to beat Dallas. And the reason why is because Mike McCarthy will somehow get in his own way. It's going to happen because he did it in Green Bay. Um, he got bailed out in, in certain times, but he will get in his way somehow. Unless Dak just stops listening to Mike McCarthy in that game, somehow he'll get in his way. I think Green Bay wins this one. Um, I don't have any doubt in my mind that Green Bay, like that they can't win this game is what I'm saying more than anything is like, yeah, Dallas is the better. Like right now, if you look at paper, Dallas is a better team, higher seed, have a lot of great weapons, but I just can't see a game where Mike McCarthy is able to, and which mind you, he's going against Mike, you know, against Matt LaFleur here, but I don't see Mike McCarthy getting out of his own way. Uh, he's done great. He's had some good, like, hey, that's good stuff. Somehow, somehow Green Bay will find a way to win this game, whether it's somebody dropping a ball or whatever it is, or maybe Jair Alexander jumps a route and has a great interview afterwards like he did against Miami. But I don't think, I think a lot of people are thinking this is going to be a blowout, and I just don't see that being the case uh, between these two teams. I think Green Bay will win this game. 
um, and Dallas will be very sad and our worlds will all be okay because of it. Um, Moving in, uh, the return of Matt Stafford, prodigal son comes back to take on the Detroit Lions and the kneecap biters. Um, Cody, Rams, at Lions, who do you got in this one? I, the Rams have looked kind of hot. I mean, I you know they obviously beat 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 my guys there at the end when we were we were resting everybody. But uh, you know, I, I do kind of feel you know, sort of the same way of Cleveland. You you almost you almost want Detroit to do well. You know, you almost feel like they're due. Um, but I I, I don't know. This is a tough one. I've kind of been deliberating back and forth. So. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to have to go with the, the Lions here. No. Guffy? But I feel like the Rams could be. So, as we all know, uh, as I previously stated with my whole spiel on the reason why I'm picking the Dolphins, very similar reason as why I'm picking uh, the Detroit Lions because Dan Campbell can get – I was just trying to think of the best way to explain it. Uh, I think that finally Jared Goff is playing football the way that he understands the offense instead of being Dan Campbell's quarterback. Uh, I'm not sure if that really makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, Dan Campbell's like that drunk uncle at the football game, man. Like he's going to get you riled up. He's going to have you ready to run through a wall. But at the same time, I think uh, Jared Goff has been able to navigate those emotions a little bit better with that offense and the personalities that the, they brought in with the weapons. I think that the I think the Rams are just put together. It's, it's like a patchwork at this point. They just got anybody and everybody who can fit in and fill the team. I think that with the young guys and the not really vet, like veterans, but the I guess your grizzled veterans, your uh, David Montgomery's and uh, things like that, or players like that. I think that Detroit's going to pull this one out. I think they're going to have a solid win. And I think that Matt Stafford's going to take a standing O and ride off into the sunset after this one. Detroit, they've needed this for 30 years. They've needed the NFC North. Back then, it was the Central. They've needed that. Um, They've continued to climb mountains. Um, when they've fallen down, they've gotten up and they've bitten a kneecap. And when they've fallen back down, they've gotten up and they've bitten a kneecap. Um, they've done everything. They've uh, epitomized the grittiness, I think, of the city of Detroit this team has. You know, they have great weapons all around. Uh, you think of, uh, I mean, just Amon Ra, St. Brown. I mean, just a fantastic receiver. Um, you, you, you look at what, what they're able to do. Jameer Gibbs has stepped up. You talked about Montgomery. They have one of the better offensive lines in, um, in football right now. I, I think we can completely say that defense looks good. The defensive front looks good. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, absolute stud. Um, Detroit has everything going for them. Um, this is great. Uh, this has been, uh, kind of really cool to see that resurgence. However, I don't care about Detroit. I don't want them to win. I don't want to hear Detroit fans keep screaming this is their year. If I have to give Matt Stafford my right shoulder for him to be able to throw it to win this game, I want the Rams 
to come in there. I want them to walk into Detroit and I want them to remind the Lions that they're still the lovable losers. Um, give me LA, give me Matt Stafford to come home and finally do something in Detroit he's never been able to do, and that's win a playoff game. Um, I love Puka Nakua. I love him. I think he's fantastic. Cooper Cup's still my guy. Uh, Kyron Williams is going off. He's having a great game. I think a lot of people are, are picking the Rams, which makes this pick kind of upsetting for me because like, I want to be the guy that's like, no, I still don't like the Lions. Um, but give me L.A. to remind Detroit who Detroit is um, and that this was just one fun year for you guys and that uh, the division will go back um, further north. Uh, in the next year so uh, that's that's my uh, that's my pick I'm taking LA um, and like I said if I have to give up my own shoulder to Matt Stafford to make sure he's got one in him I know he'll play with a broken whatever if he has to um, but I want to see LA win I want Matt Stafford to get that win in Detroit Um, I love Jared Goff I I do I love Ryan Gosling he's a great actor but um, I would rather see I'd rather see LA win um, just to kind of uh Right now, right now, the state of Michigan has a little bit too much. We gotta, we gotta pull back a little bit here. They have a national championship. They don't need the Lions winning a playoff game. Uh, finally, on Monday night, we get Jalen Hurts versus Baker Mayfield, uh, two outstanding Oklahoma quarterbacks facing off against each other. Um, who do you guys got, Cody? Who do you who are you taking, Eagles or Bucks? Uh, this is the one I'm kind of excited for, honestly, because I I feel like Philly should be unequivocally the winner of this ball game. I think Baker and the Bucks might just put that last nail, last spike in Philly's season because of just it does seem like there's a lot going on in Philadelphia right now. There's which I mean I'm, I'm just saying since AJ Brown got there, the comparisons I came to mind was always TO and Don McNabb. And I think it's starting to come to fruition and it's just bringing the whole organization down. And I, I absolutely love it. So give me Baker, the greatest story, who should be the comeback player of the year, Baker Mayfield in the books. And, and DeMar Hamlin's defense, he did die on the field the year before. Like he should be coming. Okay. Regardless, Jordan, who do you got in this game? So I'm so glad Cody just made that. That's my quarterback, like whole like all that all that came through my, like my brain, man. <laughs> it, it it rings true. Like, I mean, is AJ Brown the cancer? Is he the new Antonio Brown? I mean, is he the new Ocho C but is he the no, new Ocho Cinco? Is he the new TO? Is he the new tip, like typical prima donna receiver? Does, but also does he produce? Is he hoping? Majority of the time, probably. I mean, I think there's a lot more going on in Philly's locker room than just A.J. Brown. So, I think to put the full blame on A.J. Brown, I think, I mean, although it is hilarious, I think that there's more going on in there. I think they need to re – I think they need to remember on how to win because I think that through this losing streak, they forgot how. Uh, they did make it to the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I – they have probably one of the best quarter, the best dual threat, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL today. And it's going to go down by the end of his career. He'll be one of the best ever. Uh, they have one of the best offensive lines, top to bottom. 
They have a very strong defense that is loaded with studs, and their defense really isn't the problem with the offense. I think they just need to re-identify themselves and get back to playing Eagles football. With that being said, Tampa Bay is the team that shouldn't be there also. There's no reason why we should have a team from the NFC South in the playoffs at all. I think this is year we should have just done a fan vote like the Pro Bowl and just picked a random team to toss them in there. Uh, and we would have had just as good of a turnout. Uh, but they're the team that doesn't have anything to lose. Everybody expects them to lose. Uh, I also expect them to lose. I am going to pick Philadelphia as, this, their, as their get-right game. Uh, but, I mean, I'd very much like the – I'm going to compare Baker to your Packers, man. Like, my heart says yes, but he's just going to be that lovable loser. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this much. I love Baker Mayfield. I think we both know that – or well, all of us know that. I'm a big Baker Mayfield guy. I think everybody that talks trash to Baker Mayfield – uh, can suck it. Uh, anybody that's going to plant their Oklahoma flag in the middle of the Ohio State O is, is right in my book, guys. Um, he told Kansas to you know choke on uh, choke on his piece. We have all been. I mean, come on, come on. This guy, this guy did that to Kansas when they were like like Carolina Panthers giving out forty five cent tickets. Like this dude got it. Um, I, I picked one Kelsey brother. Um, I feel bad now. I'm thinking back to my Kansas City pick, and now I feel like I'm not Team Burt Kreischer and Team Segura. Um, so now I'm really mad at myself. Uh, but I can't at this point. You got to pick the pair, right? Um, I do think Philly has really good chances. I want to see Jason Kelsey. Um, you know, I I I like him. I think he's hilarious. I think that uh, I, I think he's um really good. I think for the offensive line, because, uh, you know, offense line never gets a lot of credit for things. And I think him being as polarizing as he is, has really brought in, um, I think a lot of, a lot of love to linemen that has not happened, um, throughout the years, uh, offensive linemen where have never been like this polarizing as figure. So I really am a big fan of Jason Kelsey as well for what he kind of does for the NFL. Um, he's hilarious. We all realize that anyway. Um, but again, I, I think this game could come down to an absolute just, uh, I think we're going to see some really fun football um, from Tampa Bay. Like, like Jordan said, I think they're in the mindset of like, we probably shouldn't be here either. Um, you know, so I think that they're going to come out and play that style of football of, Hey, we're playing against a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. Like, <laughs> It's anybody's ball game at this point, uh, but I think Philly will find a way to win. Um, you know, I'm a big Nick Sirianni guy as well. Uh, justice for Big Dom. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm going to take Philly in this one as well. Cody won't take Philly because Big Dom pushed uh, push uh, what Wagner is that who he pushed? Oh no, it was Warner. Oh yeah, he put he yeah, he pushed he pushed Warner. So that's why Cody won't pick Big Dom. Well, you know, and uh, just. More teams uh, the 49ers have to worry about. I, I really like the <laughs> idea of playing against the Buccaneers next week. <laughs> there you go. Well, we'll. Uh, I know we have a little bit, uh, a little bit left here in the show. We're gonna do one thing. Um, I wanted to give uh, Jordan a chance to talk about the big news that came out of Nashville last week. So I'm sure you had you had a um, a moment yesterday where you might have been kind of sad about what happened, and then you turned around and got your great news today about Nick Saban. So Jordan, Mike Vrabel. Uh, was fired after six seasons with the Titans, had two his first, what, three seasons really, really good, whatever it was, first couple seasons were really great. Last few seasons have not been great for the Titans, uh, maybe not to his fault, 
Um, I know a lot of guys have said the personnel that's there and um, there, there had been a lot of craziness going on your thoughts on losing your guys as head coach. Uh, to be honest, I haven't put, it hasn't really affected me all that much. Uh, I'm a Tennessee team. So honestly, whatever the team does, I'm going to follow regardless. Uh, I think he's a great coach. I believe with the right personnel and the right team, he's going to be a phenomenal coach. I think that's the combination of Braves and John Robinson, the previous GM. I think that was a bad combination in hindsight, just because we made a lot of whiffs on a lot of picks. We had people that couldn't stay in COVID protocol. We had uh, first rounders who couldn't stay out of TSU's dorms. We had plenty of problems that we spent a lot of money trying to figure out how to navigate around, which really handicapped a lot, uh, handicapped us a lot. With that being said, we had a lot of diamonds in the rough. Jeffrey Simmons was a late first round pick that should have never made it to 19. Uh, when we drafted him, when the draft was in Nashville, that should have never happened. The only issue was he had a torn ACL. He got a steal in that deal. He was a top five pick before that. Um, I just, it's going to be a new team. Uh, I think that the drafting of Levis really was just opening the door. I think that maybe we re-sign Derek to a one-year deal and give him a reduced role. Uh, I mean, I think it's really hard to plan because we have a new GM as well. I mean, it's just really hard to have a whole lot of feelings on it, to be honest. it's We'll see. So no, we'll not really, not really angry about it. Um, not really, just kind of a little bit indifferent about it. I mean, you know, it's not like I haven't. It's not like it's about time for a new coach, anyway. You know, I mean, we get a new coach every five or six years. So I mean, it's not like we haven't been down this road before. Uh, it's just what team do we put on the field and how do we play? It. I have a feeling we're going to play in a very similar San Francisco style, uh, just with the heavy influence from Rand. And then at and coming over from San Fran, so I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, it is kind of sad to see the kind of we talked about Nick Saban and identity kind of die and have to kind of start start afresh, you know. Well, I figured I'd give you your moment uh, to chat a little bit about the Titans and uh, for Mike Vrabel, who that. have you know. I give I give the people what they need here. I'm, I'm, if I was prepared for that one, then I would have had a whole soliloquy. The next time we do like Jordan's Corner or whatever, just yeah, we'll Jordan's get a prep for it. And I'll have a whole soapbox ready. Um, yeah, another and and we'll more coaches. Obviously, we'll continue to keep an eye on it. We know um, Pete, Pete Carroll, Carroll out. Got- yeah, so Pete Carroll out. We know uh, obviously Arthur Smith. We talked about that a little bit. He's gone. The Chargers made their change during the season after dude was doing hot yoga on the sidelines. Um, and, and of course, Belichick still kind of up in the air about Bill, where he may be, um, in the upcoming year. So we'll keep an eye on those and we'll have more of a chance for that. Final thing that we're going to talk about today. Well, before, before we move on, I do want to kind of bring a point here that we talk about, and this is a very serious point. I'm not, this is no, no joke. I'm interested to see what the Raiders do. And yes. I say that because it seems very, talk about this whole new identity change. It almost seems like the Raiders have been working on it and kind of just pulled the rest of the Band-Aid off this year. Uh, I'm really excited to see what they do in their coaching decision because I believe that uh, I'll never remember his first name, so he'll always be Al Davis' son until he can prove, give me a reason to remember his first name other than Bull Clint Davis. 
Mark. <laughs> but as long as until Bolka Davis makes that whatever he decides to do with his coaching change, uh, and I can't remember exactly what his name is now. The interim coach, uh, Antonio Giants linebacker, Antonio Pierce. Yes, AP. Uh, I think that that's a diamond in the rough type situation. I think he fits the mold, and I think it's I, what they do in that situation. Their coaching decision, you know, I think, is going to set the tone for the rest of the offseason. All right. Is that was that it? Yeah, I just we just hadn't talked about the Raiders part, and I just wanted yeah, to give okay. that whole. You know, we can't go a whole show without the Raiders. You know? That's right. Every I'm gonna can I can I make that as a show note for myself? Always talk about the Raiders. Absolutely. I will. I mean, yeah, I'll probably want. I mean, to be honest, next week when we bring this up, I'm like, dude, why are you talking about the Raiders? I'm, okay. No one gives a shit. Okay. And then I'll write on next week's notes. No one gives a shit about the Raiders. So we'll, yeah, we'll do it. I'll do it each week for us. No worries. Now our final Thank segment you. that we're, <laughs> we're in, uh, we're going to do a, uh, I, one of the things that I like to do is, is just kind of have something that's a little bit off topic. And I know we've had a long sports talk here. And if you've been waiting for this moment, thank you for listening this long. Um, if you've skipped to this part of the podcast, that's your luxury, right? That's, that's how smart devices work. So you have beaten the system. Um, we don't have ads because no one wants to give us money. That's fine. Um, so you're at that point now in the show, we're going to talk about our nineties movie draft. I've mentioned to Cody and Jordan, I went on, Googled like random, random spin the wheel to decide draft order. Uh, so it's not going to be a snake draft for this one, but we are going to do a draft. It'll be in the next couple of weeks. We're going to do round one and two today. So we're both at, we're all going to have two picks um, of our topic this week, which was uh, 90s movies. Um, so hopefully you guys have your picks ready to go. I think there's a clear cut number one, but I may be wrong what Jordan chooses. Um, but Jordan does have the opening part of this draft. Then I will pick second. Cody will pick third in round one. And then I regenerized it in the third. Cody will actually get a double snake pick for round two. He'll lead off. Uh, then it'll be Jordan and then it'll be me. I should have just stuck with the snake draft idea because it pretty much was close. I'm the only one that got shafted out of my own game. I mean, so. in hindsight, we can, we can pose, well, I mean, in hindsight, we can change it to that. Since really I could just edit this and it never happened. But at this point, I've already written it down. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I mean, I don't want to make, they make erasers. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I worry about though. What happens if I trade, like I say, Hey, I'm going to trade you my round two picks. I jump you and I'll give you wherever I'm at in round three. And then you get the number one pick in round three. That's a dangerous game that I don't want to be a part of yet. Cause it's, it's totally left to like understandable. And I know what you and Trey would talk about apparently, but I'm not, I'm not that way. I I don't want to be that guy. Hear me out. If you and I just switch spots in round two, it makes it a snake draft. And it's easier to write down in the future. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fall for these mind games. I know what you're trying to do to me. You're not gonna make my picks. I promise you. I've got heaters. Okay. All right. We'll start us off then. Round one. Overall pick. Number one overall pick. 90s movies. Just to make sure that my my year is correct here. <laughs> um, perfect. Uh, I'm going to start with the first pick of the first round of the 1990 or the 2024 1990s movies draft. Team McGuffey selects the the 1995 Damian Wayans classic, Major Pain. Major Pain. Major. Pa- 
Major Pain is the number one. I would never have guessed Major Pain as the number one overall pick. You're going to give me number one then. It that was, was my first round pick regardless. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I love that movie. I mean, that's an amazing movie. Um, Knew I can it. close that movie in about 90% from start to finish in order. Okay. I am, I'm at a little bit of a loss here. I know Cody's going to get two really good draft picks. Um, by the way, uh, for you guys who are listening and for our guys here as well, I'm keeping a tally, obviously, of all of our predictions, stuff like that. This is going to be posted on social media. We want you guys to, when we get done with our draft, let us know whose draft you liked best out of this as well. So we're going to get that, and I'll keep that in mind as we tallied up. Uh, maybe there'll be some sort of prize. Maybe we'll just continue to hold grudges against each other of who picks better movies or whatever topics we're doing. With this pick, I'm going to steal this because there's two movies I think Cody will choose here, um, but I'm going to steal one of them because I know right now he knows exactly what I'm going to say and the pick that I'm going to do, but I got to do it before he does it because I know if I don't do this, he's going to he's gonna rough shot me with two really good um, two really good movies, so I'm going to take Goodfellas here. Did you, did you could you have guessed that? Well, yeah, I, I, I figured that that is going to be so. I guess the rethinking strategy here a little bit. I'm gonna go ahead and go with uh, let's see here a film that I actually first saw for the first time. Little redundancy there about two years ago, it's the 1993 classic. The Sandlot. You just saw that for the first time. I did. <laughs> yes. It's a great movie. I'm not great, trying to make fun of you. I, I thought you'd great seen movie. it. I, I I saw it at the uh, the uh, the 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 young age of uh, 30 years old. So uh, it's good to finally see the the Sandlot. So I'm gonna have to go with the Sandlot there for the first pick. And since you took Joe Pesci. I'm going to have to go with probably another family-friendly Joe Pesci version of Home Alone. Wow. I Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you guys right now. I don't have any of these on my list for the first year. I have nobody else's picks here. My list, I felt like I had, I wrote down like absolute classic bangers here. And um, I did not write down Sandlot. I didn't write down Major Pain. I didn't write down Home Alone. So, um, I don't know. Am I doing this wrong? Am, am I am I the crazy one? I don't know. It's, Jordan, take your pick here, man. I I are you okay? I just have to ask you, are you sure you don't want this pick? No, because I I here's the thing. If you take my next in line, like Goodfellas was number one on my list. I promise right now, you, I promise you, if you let me have this, I am going to is, it, is this scorched earth? Is this scorched earth if I let you have this? This is going to ruin your entire draft. No, take it. I'm fine. My three, right, my so, three, my three is really good, so I don't care. All right, then. Well, I'm going to go with another just heater of a movie that was ahead of its time. Not only was it also released in 1995, it was also released approximately two weeks after Major Paint. So Aries season was banging in 95. A goofy movie. <laughs> I didn't have that. I promise you, I didn't have a goofy movie on my list. I mean, that's a great movie and it's great voice acting, of course. 
Um, that's got our guy Jason Marsden in it. Um, and Polly Shore. Polly Shore's in it. Yeah. Um, am I am I the crazy one here? I'm just letting you know if you allow me to if we go in even in the round three tonight I'm about to blow you out of the water even further. Well, okay, I say we do. I say we do round three as well after I make this pick. Fair. I don't have the random generator up anymore, um, so we can snake draft round yeah. three from here. That's fine with me. Okay, if we're good with that, well, I'm going to take Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, I feel okay. like okay. okay. I'm going to take solid. Jurassic Park. Oh, it's all big there. Okay, and then. If we're going to do round three tonight, like I'm going to start off round three with an absolute, like amazing Disney movie. I'm taking the Lion King. I feel like, I feel like I'm crazy right now. I feel like those movies should be off the board. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Jordan, (laughs) what's your third pick here? I, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like there's a I feel like there's something that was said before, like text that happened beforehand of like, don't pick movies like let Ethan pick all these really good movies. And then somehow you're going to let the the listeners know, like, I don't know, through some sort of like mind science of like, don't pick my movie choices here. I don't know. All right. So. I think you and I have very different draft strategies, <laughs> to be quite honest. Yes. <laughs> um, I think what you're doing is going after. You're solid offensive linemen, right? You're getting your tried and true guys that you can just count on. Me, I'm getting the type of guys that may or may not have issues with, you know, chemical dependency who may not play all, tw- may only play 12 games a season, but by God, they're going to have 1,200 receiving yards. They may watch this much tape, but now they're going to win rookie of the year. Probably. Uh, I'm going to go with more of the Ricky Williams style picks because. That's how we win championships. We're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. So round three is going to be Son-in-Law from 1993 with Polly Shore. Just munching on some grindage. Did you just, did you like watch a Polly Shore marathon of all this movie? Did, did you Google 90s way, movies or did you Google Polly Shore? Okay, so since we're, putting, since we're putting this on social media for votes, let's just see. Whose playlist would people want to hang out with? Okay. Okay. All right, Cody, round out round three, and we'll pick this back up next week, I guess. I don't know. Well, I'm going to have to go with a, uh, a just a you know a classic about the struggles and the hardships growing up in parts of Southern California, uh, Boys in the Hood. That's a good boy. All right. I'm ending this show. I don't have any of these movies on my list. I still have two amazing movies. How could you not have Boys in the Hood on your list? I, I, I took, here's the thing. I wrote down five movies, okay? Because I was like, we're going to do two rounds. Possibility. Possibility Cody chooses Jurassic Park because he watched it endlessly when we were kids. I thought, that's the pick. Cody's going to take that number one pick. I sat there and I thought about it. And then I thought Jordan, round two, would take The Lion King. I thought, nah, Jordan's a big Lion King guy. I thought he would do it, you know? Um, didn't do it. And so now I still have two more movies on my list that I'm sitting here like, how are these two movies still on the effing list? Um, but regardless, uh, we'll continue this draft as we go on. 
We'll continue our 90s movie draft. We'll continue talking a little sports. Uh, we might have some random questions thrown in over this. If uh, maybe it's a slow sports week, who knows? We'll uh, we'll figure that out um, as we go along. Um, but for this week's episode of Talking Schmidt, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, we're trying to get back onto it in this year. We'll get a couple other things going as well. Thank you guys for everybody who's downloaded us and listened to us in the past. Um, thank you guys who are also maybe your fans of Schmitty Stories. That's done really well. Uh, we had over 3,000 downloads for the past two years. Um, that's a huge, uh, huge thing um, that we've been working on there. And then, of course, uh, other other shows that we have on there as well um, that I do with uh, good friend Bo Fogel of What You Haven't Seen. I know a lot of you guys listen to all those, so... Thank you guys again so much for listening to us um, and taking into um, our ideas. We'll keep track of everything. Uh, we'll have everything posted on social media, whether you follow us on Facebook at Talking Schmidt um, or on Twitter. We are at Schmitty Stories and same thing on Instagram at Schmitty Stories. Um, we have a couple of things that we will be working on here in the new uh, near future. I have a whole new soundboard um, and a whole new thing that I haven't even been able to put together. I'm trying to figure it all out. But I will tell you guys this much. It has built-in sound effects. Built-in sound effects. Hoping to be able to use that next week. Um, so with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. And we hope that you join us again next week. Have a great week. And again, uh, we'll talk to you guys later.